0: Necessary to actually um, go live considering all of the news that was been flying around in relation to Coventry United women's team, as it's called, Coventry United ladies. Um, it seems really cruel and to actually receive news at any time where you may find that you're going to lose gainful employment or your job in any other field, but to do so at a time which is so close to Christmas, which may not mean anything to a number of people, but it's a time where family and friends get together, it's a time where people rejoice. And and it's a time where people actually look towards football as, as a as a safe space, as a place of enjoyment where people kind of, you know, come together and B, to share, say, the same kind of values in, in a game that has given them so much joy and, um, passion. And then want to talk about that over the festive period to actually see what's happened in the last few hours where it seems to have been the drip, drip of information from players about what's been happening at the club. It just, it feels almost was very bizarre, and I don't, and and I I don't even know all of it. I, I just see what's happening, and, and and the players seem to have been taking it very well. They've issued statements on Twitter in terms of how things have been going and, and what's been going on uh, for them. But what what does this tell you about the women's game? What does this tell you about commentary? United? What does this tell you about sponsorship? It wasn't so long. ago. fans of the women's game were talking in a very giddy way about the sponsorship deal being increased about the money that was coming from Barclays about the the long-term plan for the game whether it would trickle down from the WSL down to the championship down to the national league all of these things so the questions that I have which I have no real answers to right now is what does it mean for the fans? What does it for the players? What does it mean for the club? And what does it mean for the league? And where, where does the women's games actually stand right now with the news that's been flying around on, on the social media? What does it mean to be that in a league which is talked up so heavily in terms of, you know, this country being really at the forefront for the game? And, you know, the fans are vociferous and they bring energy and passion and the media companies have jumped on the bandwagon and seen that there is there is space in their calendar for the women's games to be, you know, spotlighted and put on a platform and the engagement to a degree. And there's lots of fan engagement between one another. And, you know, as fans, we talk at length about what we expect from the media companies and sponsorship, more um, viewers, more outlets you know criticised some of the platforms for not doing enough but then you have on the flip side are doing for themselves and when you talk about football generally there's all this, this, this kind of broad brush, you know, fit and proper test in terms of the financial acumen and the financial support that clubs are expected to have before they actually put players together on the field. And it seems really strange. And one of the tweets, one of the many tweets that I've read, i seeing a number of the tweets that have been flying around from journalists and fellow fans and some of the players. It was Lewis, who are, are the model in terms of, you know, branding. They are the model club in terms of management, in terms of sponsorship, in terms of the The ethos that they're trying to put forward across the game, and you know, sponsorship, which is in itself um, ethical and appealing to not just fans but to other to other sports individuals who are outside the game of football. I mean, if a club like Lewis can attract Judy Murray to be a a shareholder and owner of the club, it says something about what they're doing. But the tweet that they put out, which was, you know, they. It's real anger and exasperation around the, the demise of Coventry United. And the Coventry United are not backed in this, they're not a Premier League club. They don't have those kind of, that kind of leverage. They're not pull. But what they said within the tweet is about the funding about the women's game. Where is it coming from? There's insufficient revenue opportunities within the league. It's insufficient revenue. Within the women's game. WSL, championship, beyond. It's insufficient revenue. FA Cup prize money, one part. No league cup prize money. And the, and the infrastructure that we kind of talk about at length is not sufficient. Not enough league games. Not enough sponsorship. Not enough output in terms of the, the, the viewers that they have on a day to day week by week basis. Competitions that are um, shown on the highlights on the FA player but not shown live. Um, not promoted correctly, I'm talking about the Conti Cup, but then you know we expect fans to turn up at the end of the season and go to a final where they've had very little input in terms of watching the game. So from from that point of view, you only have to ask the question that how did it get to the point where where Coventry United, so close to Christmas, are are literally disappearing before our eyes. How can we see this club, who pulled in so many talented footballers in the summer, virtually vanish because of the lack of financial backing? It was only in the last pod chat that I did when I talked about you know what was happening in the NWSL with Angel City FC and their sponsorship with Crypto.com, and I joked about the ethical backing that some clubs will get from companies who are keen to jump on the winning game. They're keen to come on. We look at Lewis, who they have ethical sponsors, but where is the next brand of sponsors that will Come into a league or sponsor a team that will ensure that they are there for the for the full course of the season. Not to pull out halfway. Not to turn up and say, "Guess what, guys? You don't have a job anymore." We're sorry about this, but we're putting the club into liquidation. How difficult must it have been for players to have left particular clubs? I'm thinking of Katie Walkinson right now who was at Sheffield United was given the, the opportunity to go to Coventry on a, on, a, on, a, on a full-time contract with other players that are there. Molly Green was previously, Manchester United and, and, and elsewhere, Sheffield United, et cetera, To be To have that lure to go to the club and said we have big plans for you. This is a project. For that to disappear within the space of six months, seven months, just seems really strange now I, I've, I've talked a lot and if any one of you would like to, to come on and say something you can but I, I just felt that this was such a key moment in the, in the year where we talked so much we have watched the FA Cup we've Arsenal and Chelsea, we talked about a 100 year ban from the FA and all oh, you know the leaps and bounds that we're making in terms of the game I'm very new to the game and I'm, I, I'm, I'm still learning. But to see something so devastatingly cold, so close to Christmas, when we talked at length about what this club needed to do on the pitch in terms of the games they needed to win, in terms of the players that they have, in terms of the scope that they could, could reach, in terms of the, 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 the abilities that the players that they had on their roster it seems very strange that this just disappears right now and i i am struggling in a sense to work out how it has happened like this why is it at this point in time that clubs can disappear just like that they can they can vanish because they don't have the financial or should i say they don't have the independent financial support which will guarantee them two or three or four or five years sustainability and it and it says a lot about the game in terms of the club it says a lot about the sponsorship that they they had in play it says a lot about the league in terms of I've i've not seen anything from the league in terms of what they want to do or say with regards to the players, the players that are probably scratching their heads right now in terms of what next. I am fully aware that there are talented players at at Coventry who would walk into anything. Um, And I know that there are a couple of WSL clubs who would quite easily go to Coventry and say they would like certain players. So this this isn't a case about players not necessarily not being able to find a club because there are clubs out there who actually want those players but you have to think of the flip side is the players that would have moved to Coventry they would have invested in that time to go to that part of the world and set up home set up base invest in the club's message invest in the club's plan and say look we are here for the two years we are here for the 18 months for it to just vanish it seems really really strange And it just flies in the face of all of the good work that we would probably have shouted about in terms of 2021, where football has been the gateway to to happiness for so many people at the beginning of the year, where there was lockdown, where people were not able to go to the games, where they were still able to see games on, on the FA player on the screen at some point that you would have invested it in terms of time going to the game talking about it with your friends on WhatsApp in your podcast how it can just just vanish how it can disappear um and I, I am I'm struggling I'm struggling to understand and there is a sense of sadness for me because I, I don't know the players personally but I would I would hazard a guess that they are devastated regardless of the tweets that have gone out in terms of you know being upbeat and still having love for the club i'm i'm sure that they will be devastated considering what has happened today and where they go next what does it mean for them as a player what what do they do some of them have got agents what will their agent have have said to them during the summer in terms of the deals that they would have secured at Coventry you know how does that put? where does that put them where does that put them in terms of the, the, the long term plan for their football and career and football can change and you could see if players don't actually get clubs within a short well not in a short period of time, even by the end of the season will their love of the game disappear will they dis- decide not to play, will they decide to pack in, will they decide this they've had enough because they've been burnt too many times. This is what but this isn't what they bought into. This isn't what they wanted. You know, and they are very lucky in terms of the level of football they play at, but regardless of that, there has to be a certain level of empathy from those in charge. And I do mean the FA. There has to be a certain level of positive regard in terms of the player's welfare, mental, mentally, financially, um, in terms of what they do next, in terms of location. This is, in the business world, there's something called like bad news Friday. You just don't give bad news on a Friday. Well, considering Friday is Christmas Eve, it seems as if they bumped it forward a day. This is bad news Thursday. It is the shittiest kind of news that you can give anyone at any time of the year. But it has an extra slice, an extra pinch of, like, taste because it is this close to Christmas. Is this close to Christmas, and it is something. Um, we have a request from someone to speak, and I'm going to actually prove them. It's Paul. I'm proving you now, Paul. Paul, how are you? All there, all there. I am now. I'm oh, sorry about that. I didn't turn the mic on. S- I oh, okay, Paul. Cool. Yeah, what do you want to say, Paul? Um, I'm just listening, in and it's interesting what you say, because I think, as people go, you may, you may have seen, I actually covered the team uh, yeah. for local radio. Yeah. Um, and I was at the Watford game on Saturday, obviously covering that. And I got the impression then, you know, this has come really, really out of the blue, just like you say, because on Saturday I was talking to the manager, Jay, and I was talking to some of the players, and they're all sat there going, see you in 2022, you know, we'll come back, we're starting to build something now, we're looking forward to January, we'll be careful over Christmas, and then straight into 2022, so I think it's blindsided, it's certainly blindsided me. The first I heard about it, you know, I am speak to people within the club and the first I heard about any of it was when I saw it on Twitter. So, it's it really has, like you say, it's a vicious Christmas and it's just come completely out of the blue. And it's shocking and I feel for all the players because obviously when you know them and when you see them and you deal with them every week, you just don't know how to react to it? I mean, I'm sad because I don't get to commentate on women's football anymore. But you know, mm. it has, and it hasn't, it hasn't materially harmed me. I mean, there was talk mm. with your station that I worked with that there was advertising; they were going to sell advertising and bring income and stuff like that, which never happened. Um, but I don't know why that happened. I can't speculate on anything of that. But the sheer speed with which this happened, I think, has just absolutely shocked everybody, including the players. And I'd, and you say about the players being devastated and being upbeat. I mean, from speaking to them, they were a really close group. So I think what they're saying about the team and the club and everything and the stuff that had been put in place for Country United, the facilities initially, was really impressive. And it looks like the. Sponsors have just pulled the funding completely, and that's 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 what I'm hearing as well. Just basically, all all the funding has gone. The company, the main company, um, one of the owners has just gone dormant and completely chopped all the funding from it, and they've got no money. I, I I mean, thanks, Paul, for, for sharing that. And, and, you know, you mentioned something about saying that the players are, are, are really tight. You know, I, 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 what I'm just trying to say is I, I, I think the players obviously will be strong and, and kind and use positive words to one another. There is an initial shock period where you are upbeat when you receive bad news. Mm. But then there's that settling in period because it's been a few hours now because everyone that I was messaging on social media, you know, I missed it and I saw something and I was like, what's going on? I didn't see anything. And I kept checking the club's Twitter handle and it was nothing there. And I saw the odd player tweeting, you know, you know, still in love with the club, sad news, still with Jay. I was thinking, what's going on? And it looked like, I mean, if you could have been on the, titanic when it was sinking and people were getting off it looked like that yeah it had that kind of you kind of thought whoa what's going on and i i thought okay let me see what's happening i looked at jay bread nothing i looked at katie's nothing and it was like almost radio silence i was thinking oh, this doesn't look right I, i'm not quite sure and then you get the club statement. then you see the club statement much later on in the afternoon it's gone seven yeah and the information is there that they've, you know, they've put the club into that voluntary liquidation. I mean, terminology, which will mean something to someone in terms of what that means going forward. Um, but from the player's point of view, and, and from what you just said, I'm thinking, well, if everyone's at the previous game and everything was fine. You know, I don't think this is a snap decision. I believe this is something that has been, you don't make a decision in business like this and just go, we're just going to pull the plug. There must have been some feelings from within the the sponsors that they were going to go in this direction. And, you know, on the podcast, and I've spoken many times and I've had um, people on the podcast, we've looked at the league fixtures, we've looked at the results and thought that, you know, Coventry, considering the players that they pulled together, they just didn't start the season as everyone thought. We were you know, discussing it and this, is, this needs to change, this needs to change. I'm wondering if the sponsors are looking at that and the same and thinking it doesn't look like it's going to change and they've changed their mind. I mean, that, I, I can't speak to any of that because I, you know, didn't have all the, the only content I had was with, like, on the media side and talking to mm. And, you know, I don't know anything about the running of the club or anything going on behind the scenes, obviously. But the fact that I had that, and still, like you say, the first I saw of it was when I actually had Rich, who's from Roker Report, who deals with Sunderland. Mm. And he sent me a message on Twitter and said, mate, what's going on with the rumours? And I was sat there going, you what? Um, and he sent me links to the tweet from the Sanders, the BBC, yeah, more reporter, and a few others. And yeah. I'm sat there going, you know, I, I haven't heard a single even suggestion about this mm. at all. And I can, on the one hand, I can kind of get it because, you know, if some, you know, they're not just going to go and tell local reporters us with that now i I felt like I had certainly with the fairly trusted relationship like they would speak to me and they would say things you know can you leave that out and I go yeah fair enough um and obviously all of that was that but certainly I never got any sense that they were worried yeah. about anything and you know i never got I never got the sense that any of the media people or anything like that were worried. We were all sat there ready going I was sat there going, right, okay, I'll talk to you over after New Year and we'll work about whether we can get the cover of Bristol City. Yeah. You know, that Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, stay safe. We're starting to get there now. I mean, the Watford game, you took you talk about them not performing, having seen every home game, there was a lot of bad luck. Yeah. The, I was even out over the season. It was the tra- the most tragic thing about this is that they were really starting to find their rhythm, like when they played against Tottenham, when they played against Durham. Rio Hardy was starting to score. Rio and Katie were really starting to get going. The rest of the team were finding it. And it, feel- it absolutely had the rug pulled under them. Yeah. And, you know... I'm sat in Coventry today, going. My team's been yanked away from me, and there I have to. I keep reminding myself, you know, I suffer a little bit because I lose this, but compared to the players and staff, I'm nothing as far as suffering goes. And I just feel so incredibly for them because, like you say, just before Christmas, we've been told and we saw. One of the players' agents say had would have players on on the phone to him in tears and stuff like that, and it's just yeah. horrendous. And it really has, you know, when when people close to the team and people like like me who were with them and around the team had no idea. Like, I got no feeling that any of the players were worried about any of this. I got no feeling. That there was any sort of suggestion, all be careful, and nothing like that. Just like you say, just and just yeah. gone from nothing. Um, Paul, I want to ask you. you know, you'd consider yourself a fan, even though you you kind of work with the club. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what is it? Was it going to do for the? But for you as a fan and other fans, knowing that this has happened to the team. I mean, I think the trouble trouble with women's football in Coventry, to some degree, is that the big club here is the Sky Blues. It is Coventry City. And I think Coventry United being, apart from that, and affiliated with Coventry United and Independent, perhaps might have hurt them in some ways in the past but it's good i think it's going to hurt the fans because this year this year there was a dedicated bunch there was a couple of hundred who started turning who were turning up the games all the time Mm. and i the thing that i worry about is that if another team starts up here because park arena is a good stadium by FA Women's Championship standards. You know, the facilities were there. The personnel were there. The feeling was there. The interest was starting. I mean, I'd been working on them for two years and cover- like covering them for local radio for two years and we built up this year to doing live games after yeah. doing interviews and stuff like that. So the interest was really starting to build. And with them going professional, there was interest at the beginning of the season, and although that kind of tailed off perhaps because of a few of their starts. Um, but now, I, I think it's tragic because I think there was something beginning to be built here. And I think there were, fan, there were fans beginning to notice. And I think the girls' efforts would have been rewarded if they'd had the money to keep going. If they if they kept going into the second half of the year, I think we'd have seen a very different Coventry United to the first half of the year, and we'd have seen the potential of this team start to be realised. And yeah. so, I think it set. I think it set that back potentially, through no fault of any of the players in- and stuff. Right, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Paul. And I th- and I just think it'll be in- it'll be interesting to see because there is still a Coventry City Ladies team that's kind of started back up, but it's very much local league level. So we, we you know the p- the point that Coventry United have made and the level that they've reached, it worries me that we won't see that in the city for a long time coming back, and that saddens me a lot because the amount of work that was being done and the amount that Jay and the media team were being done and the players they were really starting, you know, they always got the sense they loved playing here and the potential to build up a new um, almost a team from scratch. They weren't from scratch but, you know, really kind of take comfort United to the next level and make Coventry United a force because the ambition was obviously when they started, it was all we want to be a Super League team in five years, and there and there were things starting to get in place. And Coventry loves its sports team so I think they genuinely could have got there. But obviously, with this happening, I worry that Coventry is a place for women's football is going to be tainted in people's eyes now because. They'll remember Coventry United and go, Well, what if that happens again? Yeah, and um, I, I, I know from from the, the social media tweets that a lot of people saw about Coventry and, and how, when the club was recru- recruiting the players like Katie Wilkinson, etc., that they were going around local spots in the city and making it interesting and engaging, and there was a lot of buzz around in terms of. Of like you know, who's going to sign for the next? What they're going to do during the season? There was real interest, and you know we were we were keen to see Coventry do well. I mean, Katie Wilkinson, you know, had been the, the Championship top scorer before in the previous season, and you just expected big things for Coventry. It is a huge, huge blow, and I, and I'm so glad that you're able to put forward what you were saying as a fan, not just someone who's connected to the club as a fan because it's about how the club kind of you know spread its tentacles out into the community there will be kids school kids that would have probably been interested in Coventry United and wanted to go and watch the game and see their local heroes in the flesh and they're going to be denied that opportunity so you know when we talk about growing the game it isn't necessarily always about what we see on tv you know there is a kind of sub grassroots element to any football club where there are groups within a community that are not aged the way everyone else is they feel slightly isolated they're in a group which isn't necessarily always connected but they have a connection with the football club or a football player or they like the mascot or they like going to the stadium, or they like whatever it is in connection to football it could be the smallest thing which pulls people in and then and you get that, and and I, you know, I say again. When I was watching um, Twitter, and it was through my my fellow um, podcast friend Craig, who's listening now, I saw the tweet, and I couldn't believe. And I was thinking, "What's this?" I I wasn't sure what was going on. And from there, you know, you see, I, I would say almost like a horror story, and not to use such a strong word, unfold online. Where players are actually saying their goodbyes one by one, it is a very strange and bizarre thing to see. And on social media, where everyone is very voyeuristic, because we like to see what everyone else is doing and peer through their window, when you see a team being dismantled or kind of literally disappear in front of your eyes, it is a really strange feeling because you just feel. You feel sad because regardless of your loyalty with a particular club or a particular league you have positive regard for another football player because when something isn't going their way or they've you know they have met hard times and it, it just feels really strange and bizarre that the club the players the staff like yourself the fans are left in this position where they're actually sitting around thinking, what next? And it's not even a funny what next. It's a funny like we have no idea what next. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. It's like watching a car crash in slow motion. You just sat there going, you know, yeah. on, on Saturday I was talking to these people and everyone was laughing and joking and I was making plans. Is this really happening? What on earth? Where yeah. is this coming be? Because normally, obviously, with football, like you know, you get kind of ideas of you know players start to leave over a few weeks, like you say, or there's suggestions of the managers saying, you know, oh, we we need to trim our budgets or whatever else. This was just bang, and it's the yeah. sheer it's the suddenness of it, I think, and the fact that the the thing that the thing that vexes me is the fact that in certain sections of you know the FA have talked about the WSL the FA have talked about covering all of this the FA have talked about all the money going in the money starting to go in this year and for this to happen now just as women's football is perhaps making that big leap yeah it almost feels and and you know you've got the Super League online, live TV and it's everywhere. You can see WSL. What about the rest of the sport? How can a team of the second tier of the sport in the UK just like that, just die? Not even with any warning, like with most, I hesitate to compare to men's football, obviously, because, you know, there are lots of differences in terms of budget and stuff, but at most sport, at most, sports clubs there's at least warning of this how can you know if a championship men's football club was in trouble you'd know because there will be weeks and weeks of coverage of it we've seen it with teams like Birmingham we saw it even with Berry in League 2 you know there were weeks and weeks of this might happen this might not happen It's, it's literally waking up this morning and thinking there was a women's football club in Coventry and now Twelve hours later, there were lots of players facing Christmas looking for a new club. Mm. I mean, like you say, you saw Liv Clark's week, her saying, coming into work and being told they didn't have a job. I can't imagine what that must have been like for the whole squad. It, That's the kind it, of level we are dealing with. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I just can't believe that. When you say that, that I just... I just don't understand how it happens i've no idea and it's 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 the way it's the way you compare you can compare it to if this had happened in the men's second team the sheer outcry and you know national media would be all how did this happen football is broken this has happened and outside of the narrow Outside of women's football circles, everyone's just kind of like, "Oh, okay." If they've if they've seen it at all, even outside of, and I see some of the, Cov United players are listening now, and I just feel horrendous for them. Mm. I can't imagine what I can't imagine what it must have been like for them. Yeah. Well, I I, I can say now, um, I will do this little platform, retweet any tweet that Coventry United players want. If they're looking for a club, if they want me to say anything, I will retweet it and I, I will do whatever I can. I will push their services right across the league, whether it's in the Championship or the WSL, because it, you know, for me, it's the least that I can do. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, all... They do championship clubs better. Yeah. They are at, they would be assets to any championship or WSL club every single one of them. Yeah, well I, I know there are a couple of WSL clubs looking at a particular player. I know. Um and that player has been scoring a lot of goals lately. So. It w- it wouldn't surprise me because if if we're thinking about the same player there was yeah. Of W her, there was talk of WSL clubs after her in the summer as well. Yeah, yeah, you know. But um, you know, for for the for the players that are you know dealing with this right now, today, tonight, tomorrow, you know, I know that I will. I know I don't I don't follow all of the players, but I will do my best and ask around and see their tweets and retweet and retweet and retweet anything they put out and retweet. And, you know, we'll have a conversation about Coventry United and the players going forward in the second half of the season to see whether, you know, we can do anything on the podcast in terms of kind of getting a club. I'm not an agent. I don't profess to be an agent. But, you know, I like, where I can, I like to help. And I think that's the only way I can help. But in terms of the conversation, I think it was really, it was important for me to say something because I had a burning issue. My mind to say this is just doesn't feel right. It just mm. doesn't feel right, and I'm glad that you've been able to come on and, and and share your bit because for you, you work inside the club, you're a commentary commentary fan, you have an idea of what it is to be connected to the club in the city, but also how quickly it happens. Yeah, and it's just, I just feel incredibly sorry for all the players because they're in, they're absolute diamonds as people. They whenever I wanted to interview them or anything like that, they were always accommodating. And no questions were off limits. Yeah. And they deserve the very best because they're amazing people and they're amazing football players. They are. I mean, while you've been speaking, I've actually been on Twitter to see whether or not, and I, I did see that Katie Walkinson did tweet something about an hour ago and you know, her words are basically saying she's lost her words, absolutely gutted and heartbroken for the group in terms of the players and the staff. And you know, within the tweet she says no actual idea, no sense, no indication that there was financial difficulty for the club. So it has been I would call it the kind of a tsunami bit of bad news that any football player or club would want to receive at any point in time and it's 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 I mean I've heard of clubs you know folding and in the women's game because I say virtually new, new to it still and still get into grips with everything. But to see it happen in real time, to see it and to and, and see it happen to a team and players that you know you talk about week after week, you pay attention to their results, you pay attention to their performances, you're keen to see the the the, the pro- Progress in terms of the club and where to go next. And you just think this. this does, there's a sense it just doesn't feel right. It's unjust. It's unkind. It's vicious. It's unnecessary.
1: You know, Especially
0: the they put in. You know, yeah. I, mean, I I got a very very slight sense when commentating and going up for press conferences of the work that they were putting in and the attitude and the words and just you know, they went through rules for the red and green shirt all of them did, the amount of effort they were all putting in every single game and it I I wouldn't be exaggerating to say it almost, like I hadn't fallen out of love with football, but you know with the premiership money it is, it rekindled that love of kind of grassroots football because it was players playing for each other and Absolutely busting a gut and running through every single one of them every game and they showed it. And after the game, win or lose, they'd come over and they it was football as it should be, and it was a team as it should be. And to potentially lose that is just sad. It it is it is extremely sad. Um I I see on my screen it, it says that Katie's listening. Um so I don't know if Katie does want to say anything. It's a bit raw, um, the events of today, and, and I would totally understand if Katie doesn't, but I, I will re- reiterate the point that I made a few, um, a few moments ago that I will retweet anything for any of the players of Coventry in terms of tweets that they put out uh, to promote them to other clubs i'm not an agent but i will do my bit um on this platform to help players where i can and uh, i think i'll just i'll make that clear again so i will do that so it's a, uh, you know i i think you know i'm like you paul i was a football fan um of the the highlight and i became bored very much, very very bored and, and cynical and fed up and and the women's game has um reignited my passion for football. There's an honesty, there's a sense of endeavour that I like and I, it, it took me back to my childhood. So I totally, I, I'm totally in tune with what you, you said there in, in regards to the game. And I, I believe, you know, what, what, what we as fans do now is to have the conversation about the women's game, talk about it, promote it, promote the players. Talk about what's required. And do our bit to to speak, to them, um, because I'm sure it would be difficult for players to do so. About what we expect from the clubs in terms of uh, the players being treated the right way professionally, with the the, the right training facilities, pitch, etc. We'll do all of that. I think that that's what's been happening with a lot of the. The, the fan-based podcasts that are around right across the WSL and the Championship, and we'll continue to do that. Um, but I believe it's 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 now more than ever, considering what we've we've seen unfold today, that that fans have an ongoing conversation about what what shouldn't happen, because something like this shouldn't happen. You know, financially, I can understand that clubs find difficulty at any point in time or sponsors find difficult at any point in time but you know football is awash with money i'm not talking about the sponsors i'm talking about the higher up the echelons of the the skies um the premier league etc where they could literally divert a slice of their income and their revenue to the women's game to give it the boost that's required it's just enough to talk about things in terms of we need to do more and walk around with your hands behind your back as if you're, it's impossible for you to do anything because it's too difficult. Those days are gone, they're over. We need a world where we're equitable and we see other people and say, "I can help." and we need to do that. I we think need to I do think, that.: I agree because I think for me, the players over the past few years at Coventry United did both this year. And last year, because I literally found out about Coventry United because they were playing Liverpool in the Continental Cup a couple of years ago in their first season in the Championship. So I kind of do you know what? i gonna go along and watch that and instantly fell in love with it because of the players who were involved then. You know, you had players like Amber Hughes, you had players like Beth Merrick who were, you know, I didn't know any of these names turning up, but you know when you, Watch football, and you instantly mm-hmm. like. Yes, I like the way that player plays. You can. I like the way that player plays, and just Covent. You know, battling against the COVID last year, like I know a lot of teams did, but I remember Coventry struggling with it and managing to stay in the championship. You know, when it's your hometown team, and you very quickly. I was like, yes, these these girls deserve. The platform and I had I was lucky enough because of my job to be able to give them a very start giving them a very small platform and then just suddenly to have I thought you know they were building stuff and now through no fault of theirs this has happened and it's just unfair to I think all levels of the women's game because you're gonna have players all over you're potentially gonna have players all over like we've seen on Twitter today saying, How can this happen at the second tier of our game? Mm. Yeah, it is it's true. Uh, we've got another speaker, Rich. Are you there?
2: Hi there.
0: Hi, yeah, it's Rich. Rich Spit from Raw Report. Um the... I, I listened to you many times, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um although shocked with this news and, and I was really sad to be the person as well, which uh, which didn't feel very good. Um and you know, it's devastating. Now, I just wanted to come in on one point really. It was one yeah. we before um about kind of the obligation of the mm. the men's game and the professional men's game to mm. not just fund club the the women's section of their own clubs but mm. to you know for for that to be
0: emergency funding or, or kind of funding pots available that well rich are you still there you lost him i think yeah i think we have oh no oh no rich, am i back yeah you're
2: back excellent excellent probably just my connection sorry yeah I'm probably okay. going in and out of Wi-Fi. That's probably I'll, I'll switch Wi-Fi off.
0: Um, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Am I? Yeah. Yep. Well, connecting, and he's connecting. And hopefully, Rich will come back and uh, uh, share his point with regards to the obligation. Of the men's game, which is something that I feel very strongly about, um, and, I, and I, I, I do so. Oh, he's back. Let's see if he's there. He is. He's back. Richard's back. True. Hello. Sorry. Oh, sorry about it's that. Sorry. I think I've, I'm it's all right. Out
2: of Wi-Fi. That was the issue. Um, so I just,
0: there you are. You're yeah, back I'm now. on 4G.
2: Um, so yeah, it, it was the The point you were making about the financing of, of uh, football, of women's football, and the, and the fact that there is there's no really for for the men's game to cross subsidise um, the women's game, I, I I think there's a lot of talk about sustainability, and that can't be a pure kind of ruthless kind of break even, you know that that the women's game's got to pay for it. It, it suffered fifty years of being banned, you know, and yeah. clubs like Sunderland in the past have just cut their the funding to the women's team, and we've seen it drop down divisions from being one of the most established, kind of, biggest names in women's football to being down in the tier for two years for for no for, no footballing reasons, just the fact that. Committed to supporting it, and the FA decided that they wanted Man United and, and Tottenham in the league rather than 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 Sunderland. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I spoke to Chris uh, Tracy Crouch and the and the the fan level review um, of football um, when they were taking evidence, and I spoke to them specifically about this issue of cross subsidisation. They kind of dodged it in the report. Mm-hmm. And and have kind of pushed, uh, you know, pushed the recommendation to that there needing to be a separate report. That needs to happen now, essentially. That 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 before the independent regulator of football comes in, this IRF um, comes in. They need to do the women's game report, and it needs to sit underneath IRF, as far as I'm concerned, because there needs to be regulation around who can own clubs, the financing and business plan. And there needs to be some sort of kind of rescue fund for clubs that that are uh, uh, basically took down by what a sponsor going out of business. That that isn't. That, it's just it's so tragic for the players. You know, like you've been saying, that you work so hard. For the players in the championship, whether they're pro or semi-pro, that they're, they're not earning big bucks and they're doing it. You know, they, they they do such a great job. And I know Coventry have had such a difficult season this, this season, but they've been just starting to get it together as well. And um, I don't know that Paul and, and everyone was really welcoming to Sunday in the, in the first game of the season. And it it's just tragic. And that's all I want to say really, is that the the powers that be have got to get it together and that we need that re- View to from
0: right
2: away, and it needs sorting out so that the regulation can come in at the same time as the regulation of the men's game. Otherwise, it will just be kicked down the down the road for for a decade, and and there'll be more reorganizations of the game, and the leaders and the Newcastle's will, will, will somehow manage to get themselves in the league. I, I I do worry about the future when independent clubs like like um Coventry are under threat. And well, they've they've gone and it's just it's absolutely it's it's disgraceful. And I I just again like like Paul said, just feel for the players and and I hope, hope they understand that the people who follow women's football in this country like appreciate what they do. And hopefully they can find new clubs really, really soon. I know some of them will be will be interested in a couple of players, um I'm sure. So um, you know, we'd welcome them,
0: and I'm sure other teams in the championship would welcome them as well. Um, there's great, great. Thanks for that, Rich. I have to be honest. I, I, I'm sure I had this really strange thought that wouldn't it be nice that the, the players would be able to go to championship clubs uh, and and have safe haven for the rest of the season. Uh, rest of the- the season until they actually find another, another uh, team. Um, but that would be t- t- too far a wish, I'm sure. Um, but, but yeah, it, there is a need for, um, along with the report, there needs to be a serious conversation in the men's game about what they're going to do to support the women's game. It's not just about having more games on Sky or, or BBC or the FA player. They need to be funding, dedicated, because if you know um, following this 100-year uh, celebration, not celebration, about the, the disadvantaged position that the women's game was placed in, then there needs to be um, a certain level of affirmative action, and we'll use that word, where they can say we're going to, to uh, address the issues that we put in place previously historically hindered the growth of the women's game. And this is what we're going to do to help it it's not just about making it more visible there is a financial responsibility that goes with that it's not just about are we going to put sponsorship in the game so that we can do these things we need to ensure that the top two tiers of the women's game are secure we need to ensure that they are secure and there is sustainability for those teams because it's not just about going to watch the top clubs that attach to the Premier League clubs, it's not just about that, there are individuals up and down the country who are not interested in the top teams, they want to follow their local team, they want to follow individuals who look like them, are close to them, that actually identify with them. Not every young person wants to watch football on TV, they want to see it live, they want to go to games, they want to experience the event. They want that. And I, I believe with today's news it is it's a devastating um in terms of the image of the game. It's a devastating blow um, to the players, the club, the staff, the fans, and you know and and the knock on effect to other fans. We need teams like Coventry to be around. We need teams like Coventry to be in the league, to make it engaging, to make it Attractive to make it challenging so that we can have those conversations and build a history that makes sense. That's what it's about. And if you see teams virtually vanish in front of your eyes, it makes that conversation so much more difficult because you, there's a level of hurt that you have. And this game is, is meant to be about, it's meant to be about good time. It's meant to be about history don't have history when things just keep disappearing it just doesn't work for me and i don't understand it and i i'm still scratching my head and and it just doesn't make any sense at all um um we've got uh, james is going to come in and speak james hello james james there hi there can you hear me hi okay it's the first time i've spoken in one of these spaces um that's okay, I just wanted to say um
1: so I've covered um a number of Blackburn women's games um for a, an agency for sports beat this year, and um right. I saw Coventry United play earlier this season um and they put up such a great fight um it was a three two win for Blackburn in the end um and you know from a media side of things they were just so approachable um jay bradford was you know absolutely great to interview um while she was very frustrated you know when they conceded in the last minute you know um she she was great and is obviously very very sad um to see this happen um i mean for for the, the, the point I'd like to make as well um, in terms of financing in the women's championship is that obviously you've got um, some teams that are thriving in that league you know you've got your Liverpools you Durham um, teams like that but um, I I covered a Liverpool game as well not that long ago and Matt Beard was asked uh, whether he wanted VAR introduced into the women's championship and he made the point that some clubs in that league can't, can barely afford to pay the referees, and it's a sad state um, to be in and I uh, just want to wish like all the players and the staff at Coventry United all all the best, uh, and I hope that they can uh, yeah. find new clubs. and you know it's, I don't know the full story of what's happened, but
0: um, it's very sad news today, especially so close to Christmas. Thank you very much. Um, this space is going to come to an end very soon, so I'm just going to let you guys know that now. But um thank you for everyone who's spent the time listening. Thank you for those who shared their views. Um, and I, I want to say again that I will do my bit on the platform. For the players, we will... We tweet anything for Coventry players. We wish them all the best. We are with them in terms of how they're feeling. We think about the best for them uh,